Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we are glad you are. Welcome to a Tuesday that feels like a Monday on the Eagle Hour. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corp studios here in Hattiesburg. And there's a stranger on the show today, Santa, a guy that uh, I, I, I vaguely remember, uh, uh, Luke somebody. Uh, he's in Laurel at Southern Bank Corp studios. Well, there's only one person stranger than Luke, and that's me. <laughs> so. Yeah, welcome back, Luke Johnson. Thanks, guys. Good to be back. And, uh, man, I need to leave town more often because we sure hit up the transfer portal when I was out. Yeah, well, we're glad you're back. Where have you been in uh, case people uh, – some have been asking, actually. So, yeah, last year uh, I got accepted into uh, the Doctor of Philosophy program at Southeastern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, which is about 10 miles north of Raleigh. And uh, so once or twice a year I have to go up there for uh, two weeks of intensive classes, and that's what I've been doing. So um, now now I have all my papers to write after the fact, which is what I'll be doing the next month. Uh, but, now, now yeah. Sander and I have discussed this already, and we, we're just we're refusing to call you Dr. Johnson uh, when it's there. There is quite a long time before that will even be an option to you yeah. because is I'm it, just a rookie. Well, isn't uh, isn't Stomp a doctor? Doesn't he? Ha- hadn't he finished that? Yes, he got a doctor of ministry degree. He did. Yeah. Doctor so Stomp. You, yeah, you can call him Doctor Taylor for sure. <laughs> I'll just go with Dr. Stump. How about just Stump? How about just Stump? I think that's <laughs> yeah, exactly just, just good I old think stump. that's exactly what we're yeah. called. All right, well, we're glad you're back, Luke. Full crew back at the Southern Bank Corps Studios for the first time in a while. This segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program, proud supporters of the Southern Miss Athletic Department, and a great friends of ours. If you uh, want a delicious meal seven days a week, Dickie's is right here in Hattiesburg, if you want to cater an event like Kelly did, his Thanksgiving meal, Dickie's can do that for you as well. Uh, Dickie's Barbecue, Justin and his guys are so grateful for all they do for Southern Miss. All right, the men's basketball loses over the weekend. Women's basketball, though, on a roll. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. And Heath, I know we have some other things to talk about, but right now I'm getting pretty excited about this women's team. 11-5 and five after they knocked off UTEP uh, Monday held a team that averaged 70 points a game to under 50 points. They really played defense, and now have moved a half a game behind UAB in the Western Division of the conference standings. Yeah, they have, and look, got uh, big contributions from uh, Kelsey and, and Dom. And look, Dom, what she's been doing uh, for this basketball team is pretty impressive. It's the assist, she had nine assists. She almost had a double-double yesterday. Uh, Kelsey did have a double-double. And Coach was saying that in the press conference afterwards that, uh, you know, Kelsey Kelsey can be a, a, a difference maker inside, and they hope that game kind of woke her up a little bit. So I think you're going to see uh, some big things going forward, hopefully from the Lady Eagles, but a team that plays solid defense and, and has some key pieces. They're a lot bigger and taller 
than most teams in Conference USA. So mm-hmm. that's going to be an advantage for them going forward. Uh, you know, how the refs are going to call that, we'll see. But, it, look, the team's playing well, and Coach has to be really excited about the position they're in right now. No question. I talked to her last night uh, on a text. She's going to come on the show tomorrow. She had some uh, personal obligations today that she was taking care of. She can describe those tomorrow if she wishes. But uh, she will be. Uh, she is scheduled to be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Kelly, along with one of the men's coaches. That's right. Kyle Rohn will be here on, on the – on the same day that they're actually they scheduled a game, they threw in a game here against uh, Southeastern uh, Baptist out of Laurel. That game is actually going to be played tomorrow night before they head to Murfreesboro for a Saturday game against uh, the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee. Luke Johnson, uh, why is Southern Miss playing Southeastern Baptist uh, of Laurel in basketball? You'll win, and you got to play somebody. And, uh, you know, it's very rare, and Heath can speak to this too, it's very rare you're able to, to schedule a game midseason like this against an opponent. And so, yeah, they're going to, they'll beat them pretty good. But I, I think, you know, you, you didn't have a home game for what, 30 plus days. You got one, uh, against Louisiana Tech. And, and now you just got to play. I mean, that, that's part of it. And you wonder some of the moving pieces of this team because we hadn't seen, you know, certain guys on the court, and so that's probably why he just wanted to get another game in. I got you, uh, Heath. Real quickly, and then we'll we'll move on to what you want to talk about. Uh, they the the men lost to Louisiana Tech Sunday, but I think it was more competitive than the seventy six sixty two score indicates, and uh, a, a a crowd of north of three thousand people, according to the releases. Yeah, I mean they did play better. There's no question. Uh, Still, though, you know, at this point, is it a moral victory or is it just adding on to to the pile at this point? Uh, yeah, they did play better, but it was still a loss. Now, yes, they're going to get a win tomorrow night and uh, go on the road. And, look, that game should, you know, build some, hopefully build some momentum for them. But uh, this team, as Luke said, pieces that aren't playing right now for whatever reason, and uh, it, it's not been an easy season so far. Uh, how they're going to respond? Did they responded better? Is it going to keep getting better? We'll see. Uh, Middle Tennessee's no joke. So, uh, man, it's it's been a tough season for the men's basketball okay. team. There's no question about Heath, it. Heath, you talked about pieces not playing, and I think you, you might let's just call it what it. Isaiah Moore has been noticeably out of the lineup, and Coach Ladner addressed it uh, very briefly and vaguely, uh, just saying that uh, Isaiah Moore has not been available for the last two games. You're in the business of kind of knowing what's going on. What do we know about the situation with Isaiah Moore and where he stands at this point with the Eagles? We'll ask Kyle Rohn tomorrow, but uh, what what can you tell us at this point? Well, it's it's kind of been mum's word, and, uh, you know, you you don't want to really speculate about a kid because you really don't know the situation. So I'm not going to do that. Let's just say that Coach Ladner said it was a suspension type, and, uh, he's, and, and Coach Ladner said in the press conference he really thinks the way that he's handled this and uh, he's proud of the way he's handling He's proud of his attitude. So uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll be back pretty soon. But um, it was very vague of what the issue is from Coach Ladner, and there's been nothing out of Southern Miss. So to speculate right now wouldn't be fair to the kids. But clearly they're a better team with Isaiah Moore in the lineup than with him out of the lineup. Uh, anytime you got a 6'10 guy that can shoot the three and run the floor, you're a better team with him on the floor. Right. There's no question about it, and that's what he is. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, they are going to be a better team, but they did play well. Uh, they played better, you know, than they have in a while against La Tech. So take that for what it's worth, but, yeah, but yeah think, they're still a better team. But you lose more, you lose Hardy. I mean, it's hard to overcome that. In a competitive league where, where at your best you want to be competitive, hard to overcome that. All right, Luke, while you were gone, uh, you know, a football coaching staff just raided the SEC uh, in the portal and uh, brought back, uh, I think, as of last week, we had uh, signed five SEC players uh, to our roster. And, uh, Heath, am I right? There there was another one signed since we've last talked. Yes, uh, Tyler Knight, DB, kick returner, uh, kind of a slash guy on offense, a guy who can do everything from Ole Miss to DB. Um, just a, a talented player that uh, should come in and, and add a spark to both sides of the ball for the Golden Eagle And we'll talk team. more about that. Luke, your thoughts about that? You've been out for a while. Uh, your thoughts about now? We're now up to six uh, six portal signees from SEC football teams. Yeah, I mean, when when Cooley came in right before the new year, you, you kind of heard all these names that were being thrown around. And it seems as if, I don't know if it was Frank Gore Jr. or some of it, along with the coaches, I mean, guys talk. Because you had like this conglomerate of guys that were looking at transferring and then they declared for the portal. And then it was like, all right, if we get this guy or we get this guy or we get this guy, this would be really good. Well, then, then you get Cooley. Then you get, uh, McMillan came up. Bivens was huge, I think. And so all these guys from Ole Miss and Mississippi State, their names are being thrown around as possible. And then you get Tyler Knight on top of it. And, and Heath, you know, just trying to figure out. They've, they're one extra right now, so that somebody we don't know about is probably moving on, or, or and it looks like they'll have to get the quarterback this summer, huh? Well, there's ways you can, uh, you know, deal with the numbers. If you got a kid that's not going to come in till the fall anyway, you can take his scholarship and push it forward to next year and add another guy to this class. So there is ways to uh, to do the numbers, and yes. Uh, you know, I guess you could say that if they wanted to add a quarterback, they couldn't do that. But, uh, yeah, they could wait till this summer, see what quarterbacks are still out there at that point. You know, quarterbacks are going to – I don't want to say desperate. They're going to be looking to find a spot if they hadn't landed. And if there's a good quarterback out there that fits what Coach Hall and them want, I'm pretty sure they'll uh, they'll go get him if they uh, believe that he'll make the team better. So, yeah, don't give – I know people are thinking that – Oh, they're not landing a quarterback. Well, look, don't give up on it yet. There's still plenty of time to land a quarterback. We're going to continue our conversation with Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation on the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Tuesday, Kelly, it feels like Monday. It, it does. All day long. It, it does. Uh, Heath Hinton's with us. We're going to continue our conversation with him. Before it's over, of course, we're going to talk a little NFL football later in the program. And Kelly has plenty to talk about, let me uh, let me assure you that. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They have uh, Southern Miss apparel and great-looking stuff for every size, even Huskies, double, <laughs> triple Huskies. They've got it. Keep going. At Camp- <laughs> Campus Bookmark. And a great selection of well, everything, hats, T-shirts, golf shirts, you, you name it, they've got it. Uh, stuff for your home. Uh, and your car as well. And the Kathleen is just the best. So uh, we encourage you when you want to buy Southern Miss swag, there's really no other place to go. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. CampusBookmart.net. All right, Heath Hinton is the proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation. We get all the big shots on this show, and so that's uh, that's why Heath is with us today. Heath, um, now, with this other signee, I mean, uh, is is the football team kind of out of scholarships uh, for this year? What is the status of what they can continue to add. Well, I mean, it just depends. They can they can move things around. By the way, you know, rules are you can if a kid, as I said earlier, if a kid, a uh, high school kid, say he's not coming in the summer, you can push his scholarship forward to next year, which will take away scholarships from next year's class. But if you get a guy this, that you want that you think is a game changer, uh, which they obviously do with Tyler Knight. Uh, you go ahead and add him, and, and you get a guy that's coming in in the fall to push forward um, to next year. So uh, you can keep doing that till you run out of, I guess you run out of high schoolers, but it takes so much away from next year's class. Yeah. So you don't want to do that too much, or you won't have as many to scholarships to give out next year. And then you end up in a situation that Hobson was in when he first came here because uh, they only had about 71 or 72 kids on scholarship. Mm-hmm. Because they uploaded classes so much with Monk, and he had to do that to win. So he did. You, know, you don't want to get yourself into that situation in the future. Right, uh, Luke Johnson. I keep hearing people talk about quarterback, quarterback. When we're going to get a quarterback, but the fact is, I thought we had two really highly recruited high school quarterbacks, Ty Keys and the kid that they recruited this year, both the number one rated QBs uh, in the state. Don't you want to just develop those kids and keep them in your program? Uh, as opposed to maybe just here willy-nilly trying to find some quarterback that can come here and play for a year? Well, quarterback doesn't mean necessarily that we don't believe in Ty Keys to be our starter. But as you saw this year, quarterback means you've got to have more people on the roster with QB by their name. So in case – like I don't, I, I don't think that anything could possibly top what the Eagles experienced this year. On the other hand, though, you have got to have depth at the quarterback position. You, you just have to. And uh, so you, you wonder, you know, what the, the guys listed at quarterback on this roster, or, or is any of them going to move on, not Wilkie and Keys per se, but, but other guys as to open that up. So when we talk about having a quarterback, the way that I perceive that, it's not necessarily that we don't believe in Ty Keys. It's the fact you got to have depth at the position. And Luke was making a point earlier about how you get one marquee player, like Bivens, for example, and you automatically, if there was any doubt with any other players, you automatically become legitimate. All right, if Bivens is going there, then that's a place I need to consider. All right, so Domino 2 falls. Domino 3 falls. You get Knight now coming in. So if you can get that one marquee player, and and to put it in an NFL context, and several people have said this, and I'm not saying this just because I'm a Bengal fan, in years past, Cincinnati would rarely get a shot at any free agent player because that was just not a franchise where you wanted to right. be. Joe Burrow 
single-handedly has now made that franchise a place that free agents will come to play because they know they've got a stud quarterback. Right, Heath, we, we criticized the portal, but I thought it was interesting the other day, Joey Hawkins came in here, longtime high school football coach, and he said the portal has allowed Southern Miss to go sign five or six kids that without the portal they would have never had a shot at. Uh, yes, and, well, I, mm, that's tough to say because they changed the transfer rules to where you didn't have to sit out and all that. So, I, yes and no, um, probably playtime immediately. Yeah, you get them in now. So it, it is, but still, though, it's a, it's a situation where you've got thousands of kids in the portal and there's not even, you know, two to 300 spots to fill. So what you've done is you've allowed kids to to get think that they're better than they are getting the portal, and then what happens when they don't have a place to go? So what? So what is your analysis of these kids? I mean, are these are these six real quote? And I hate to keep going back to this, but I mean it's just a reality. SEC players that have been coached up in the SEC or SEC caliber players coming here, or are these kids that? And I don't mean any disrespect, but kids that couldn't cut it at the SEC schools, SEC schools they were at. I think you take a chance of that with anybody when you get them out of the portal. Now, now look, I think Quentin Bivens, uh, talent-wise, he's an NFL talent. Tyler Knight, we've seen him uh, talented, very talented. But other kids didn't play much last year, and um, you know they're coming in. So I think you take a chance of that when you bring a transfer in. It doesn't matter. Uh, very rarely are you Southern Miss going to get a star or a guy that's played a lot of of uh, had a lot of playing time at an SEC school to come down to Southern Miss. Uh, you're going to have to get a guy that wasn't happy or thought he deserved more playing time to come to Southern Miss, but they recruited him, so they obviously thought he was talented enough to go there. Huh. I, I think that's just a chance you have to take when uh, you're going in the portal. How do you evaluate him, Luke? I mean. Up front, specifically, I mean, you just you you improve drastically on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's just no way to this. Heath, can we can we can we say it safe? Like this D line is going to be. I mean, without even looking at other teams, I mean, you're a top three D line in the conference right now, with, with just on paper by what they brought in. And we you talk. It's not just what they brought in through the portal, but you you look at Clemens. You look at uh, at Roland. You look at Lewis from JCJC. I mean, this is a, a a phenomenal defensive line. Yeah, I mean, they needed a lot of guys to come in because they had guys transfer out. Uh, remember, Andrew Cole transferred out. Uh, Michael Plias transferred out. So uh, you had to come in. You had to restock the defensive line. And there's an old saying. I think I've said it before on here. Uh, you killed a fly with a hammer. And that's kind of what Coach Hall and them did. They said, look, you know, they've decided if we're going to have quarterback, if, if we're going to have to build a quarterback, we may have problems scoring some next year. What do we do? We have to have a really good defense to combat that. And I think that's what they've tried to do here in the portal. Uh, you, yeah, I don't. I think on paper you would have to think there's more talent. You'd have to think this is going to be a better defense next year. But games aren't played on paper; they're played on the field. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, but of all of all the guys that were brought in, either through the transfer portal or scholarship and recruited in here, 
if if memory serves, and I might be off here by one or, or two, but I think all but three combined, the transfer portal and scholarship players this year, all but three are from the state of Mississippi. And I don't think that can be understated uh, in, a, in a world where everybody's competing for, for ticket dollars and, and you know, increasing crowds and Eagle Club memberships and things like that. Or am I just, or am I just, uh, am I wrong on that, you guys? No, in, in fact, uh, Kelly, if you remember, when Will Hall was at Tulane, man, he recruited Mississippi like it was nobody's business and got good talent from this area to go down to Tulane. And when he came in, he said he was going to recruit Mississippi and he was going to get Mississippi uh, players in. I was here, so uh, you know you got to say he's he's been a man of his word at that point. He made the point that he was going to do that, and he has. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look back, you see what he did in two weeks, and so now you see what he's able to do. And it wasn't on the high the high school side, although they got good high school players. I mean, what he just did was. I don't care if they're Mississippi State or Ole Miss's reserve. Not all of them were. I mean, I think Bivens started the first part of the year for Ole Miss. So if anybody wants to hate on Southern Miss and saying, hey, you're going after these reserves or whoever, these are three-star guys that are going to play immediately. And so there's no shame in that. I mean, these guys want to be in Hattiesburg. Let them come and, and, and let them play. I just think it shows he did all of that last December with a few weeks. What is he capable of, you know, not only with a whole year, but what is he capable of with momentum in his program going forward when he starts winning? All right, 30 seconds, Keith. Wrap it up with your thought on that. I am sold. I think that, you know, momentum is huge. Momentum is uh, momentum is the one thing that you need when you're trying to build a football program, and I think that right now he feels like he's got momentum, and uh, he very well could, and the spring will be an interesting time to watch his team. And, you know, when you've got the quality of high school kids that are coming in in the spring, along with these guys, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and if they do indeed transfer to the Sun Belt, which we're all, if we were betting men, we would all bet that they are going to be in the Sun Belt next year. You have all these guys that Coach Hall and his staff have brought in. You're transitioning to a new conference. Every reason for optimism, every reason to, to buy some more season tickets next year. All right, Heath, thank you. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. We'll have him back on the show again next week. Talk a little NFL football when we come back. I think there's probably some other stuff about golf and tennis as well. Luke's back, so he's on the research team right now checking that out. We'll get you up to date on the other side of the break. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, our thanks to Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Great website. You might want to check it out. You can join it, but not expensive at all, and uh, keep you up to date on a lot of Southern Miss stuff. So we thank Heath for his contributions to our show every week. Well, thanks Southern Bank Corps for sponsoring our studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Glad to have Southern Bank Corps on the Eagle Hour team as we are 4th Street Bar and Grill which I'll guarantee you that every single play of every single NFL playoff game was on the TV. 
at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great shrimp, poor boys. We need to get back down there and do a remote, and this time we'll find a studio producer and... uh I'd like to have one of them big shrimp poor boys, French fries. Mm, yeah, because normally you're, you're having to push all the buttons and hook right, everything up where yeah. you, you don't get to enjoy not it right. like we do. It's not you know? right. All right. Uh, we're going to talk to you about uh, tennis and uh, and track and field a little later in the show. But right now, uh, we love the NFL on this show and uh, want to talk a little bit about that. So we're, we're down to the Elite Eight. Uh, in the NFC, we have Los Angeles going to Tampa Bay to take on the GOAT and the defending world champions. San Francisco will be at Green Bay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Buffalo at Kansas City, that's a heavyweight fight. Cincinnati will start there, goes to Tennessee. That's great news for fans like Kelly that they won a playoff game, first time in 31 years. The bad news is Derrick Henry's healthy and going to play this weekend. That's really bad news <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Bengal fan. But that's why the Titans got the number one seed. Now, they played, you know, in a weak division. You got the Texans in there who were not very good. Jacksonville was not very good. And they're always, it always kind of seems to go on a rotating basis as to which division is the weakest. And usually for years it had been the AFC East. That's why the Patriots were always getting the number one seed. Um, but, yeah, Cincinnati, you know, you got Cincinnati's – one of the top-ranked rush defenses, and you got Derrick Henry healthy again. So the the strength of the Titan offense is playing into the strength of the Bengal defense. I so. like Cincinnati's chances. I'm going to be honest do you? with you. I do, yeah. They have that short passing game, and then they kind of suck you in on that, and then they go deep down the field. Uh, Luke made a good point. Luke, you may be right about this. The key will be to how, how much time does Cincinnati get the ball? How much time can Tennessee – Run Derrick Henry, run their uh, run attack offense at Cincinnati, and keep the Bengal offense on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think it does favor in that Cincinnati can can uh, hit quick. It will be interesting to see how they're going to defend Jamar Chase. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you when you look at what the Titans do, I mean, they can control the game and control the clock and keep uh, keep the ball the other players' hands. What what I was. Talking about Cincinnati, I mean, it, it's pretty fun. It's so fun to watch Joe Burrow play simply because, like, the other day he intentionally took a sack, maybe two, because he was still in field goal range. He didn't force a pass. He just seems, you know, operating as maybe a, you know, a third-year player or even a fourth-year player in only his uh, – he's only played really a season and a half in the NFL. And here's, here's what phenomenal. I like. Here's what I like about Burrow. And, of course, I'm a lifelong Bengal fan. I go back to when they started in the league in 1968. What I like about Burrow – is his response the other day was, you know, after they had first playoff win in 31 years, his response was, it's okay, but we expect this to happen. We prepared for this to happen. He's not a typical Cincinnati fan. Oh, we're excited. We just got here. No, he's saying Mm -hmm. we expected to win. We expect to win the next game. And that is an attitude that Cincinnati has not had for right. years. Right. It's a new face in the playoffs for sure. Now, here's an AFC heavyweight fight, Buffalo at Kansas City. And I know Kansas City is going to be the favorite dynamically. Uh, they're very good on offense, dynamic offense. But I got to tell you guys, if the Buffalo Bills play the way they did this past weekend, they look like a Super Bowl football team. Wasn't that joyous to see the it Patriots? Was, well, it was, was, it was, not, it was, not only did they it was defeat a demolition. the Emperor. But that is that is the most I won't I won't say the greatest off, but it is the it is the most perfect offensive performance in NFL history. 
Seven for seven touchdowns. They didn't punt. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't uh, kick a field goal. And uh, and they didn't, you know, not convert a fourth down. It was like it was perfection at its finest. I guess they missed two two PATs along the way. That may be in what. But I, you you look at what's never that had never been done before. It's zero and, degree weather too. Yeah, Josh Allen. You just wish if he played like that every week, nobody in the NFL could ever beat them. But you know he'll he'll occasionally have some moves. He's just so fun to watch. A guy that's six foot five that can run like he does, and probably the strongest arm in the entire yeah, NFL. The Bills look really, really good. And on it, on it, the other side, Kelly, uh, the Rams beat really what looks like just a, a feckless Arizona team. What was that word? Yeah, feckless. Uh, <laughs> not very good, Kelly. Hopeless. Okay, hopeless. I, I'm looking. I that think up. they lost five of their last six games. That's it good. looked like it last night. The Rams look good. The, you know, the Rams. The Rams with a Mississippi kid uh, run, playing running back uh, looked really strong last night. I'm looking up here, Mr. Webster. Yeah, feckless. go ahead. Is that F-E-C-K-L? No, it is. Feckless. Adjective. Lacking initiative or strength of character. Irresponsible. You want to apologize now? Wow. Synonyms. I'm glad you're back, Good for nothing. Lazy, idle, slothful, indolent. Thank you very much, Luke. Wow, you, you learned something today, didn't you? Sam? I did, and I and I hope and and I hope that something else I'm going to learn is that the Rams are better than Tampa Bay. Um, no. because I and how I, good did it make you feel though for Matthew Stafford, man? Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, great yeah. player, great player. They played really well. If they play that way this weekend, they can go compete with Tampa and beat them. But no you question. talked about that billion dollar roster they've got. It's about time the Rams play up to the. They have an all star roster. They sure do. They sure do. And, Tampa's but, kind of banged up. But I, if you're going to beat Tampa Bay, you can't blow on Tampa's quarterback. You, know, you can't can't blow on his. Tell that to Aaron Donald. Luke, would you please explain to Kelly that you can't hit quarterbacks in their knees, or they're going to call roughing the pass. I learned hips. a new one though. I learned a new one though. So David, uh, so uh, Derek Carr, he knew the ref was right behind him, and dude, he played. That goes back to your team. He sold that little the the uh, Cincinnati defensive lineman barely brushed the inside part of his face mask, and dude, he had yeah, like saw, whiplash, yeah, right. and he yeah. got the call. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, I mean, if that that's going to be a challenge, though, the the defensive front for uh, for Los Angeles, you know, against Brady. I mean, I feel like if there's a defensive line that can get to Brady, it's him. But mm-hmm. yeah, you better watch yourself. They I, look ferocious rushing, but you're right. You better be careful how you rush them. I hope they squash him like an eggplant. Now, we're all aware of your, your fetish against Tom Brady. We understand <laughs> okay. that. So that'll be a good game. And then uh, San Francisco at Green Bay. I just hope it's not three degrees and snowing. I, mean, I hope it's a level playing field because San Francisco, Luke, fun football team to watch. They're very good. They are. And, and really, Debo Samuel – um, is is a phenomenal player can do anything with it, but you got to you again. You, it was like a weekend. You know the teams that won. There was something that you were like, yeah, I can go with that because I mean I'm a Saints fan, dude. I never for the 49ers like ever. But I mean watching Garoppolo go out there. Garoppolo may be the yeah. first guy to take his team to an NFL championship and then get released in the off season. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard <laughs> but, to believe. Yeah, you're but, right. I mean that dude took over the game, and uh, I mean I feel like playing at this level, he'll be he'll be the starter somewhere else next yeah, year. Yeah. I just hope I just hope it's a it's a level playing field as far as the weather. Now let's talk about this a minute, guys. We got two minutes left. San Francisco beats Dallas. Dallas has a hundred million dollar quarterback, a ninety million dollar running back. 
and they can't score but 16 points at home in a playoff game. The Cowboys, Kelly, I think I think they have a curse hanging over them a little bit. Could be, but again, you're you're you got to credit to the San Francisco defense. Yeah. And I think the reason you're talking about a level playing field is so that San Francisco's defense can play correct. As, right. as good as it can. And then right. if, ta- if right. Green Bay beats them, then, well, then they correct. beat them. Right. But, you know, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, if you're in that franchise, you have extra pressure whether you want it or not just because well, you're America's team. No, here's the deal, though. You said that. Say, say those, those million-dollar stats again, Bob. What did you say? $100 million quarterback, $90 million running back. That's not the problem. The problem is you have a multi-billionaire owner who won't get out of the way. And that's the the very fact late in the game, like there were rumors that McCarthy might lose his job after winning 12 games. That's all you need to know. The, the last time the Cowboys did anything was because they had a coach, because he played with Jerry Jones at Arkansas, he could talk back to him. And everybody out, they will never succeed until Jones radically changes his philosophy because he's going to get his way. And it ultimately shows at the end when – it just looks like sometimes people do what Jerry wants more than what they should do. It was do. beautiful. I, it was yeah. just beautiful. I, I'm I'm totally cool with it. And and I have to give Bob Getty a lot of credit. He's on the air and off the air. He's been saying San Francisco like him, man. is the team to watch. I like him. Yeah. And just to and just to put that in perspective, if you have copies like digital copies of the last time the Cowboys played in the Super Bowl, they are on a 3.5-inch hard disk. <laughs> I love it. Say that one more time. How long ago was that, Luke? 95? Yeah. It's like the, it's like the famous... 96. It's like the famous joke about the Dallas fan. He puts in his last will, I want Cowboy players to be my pallbearers so they can let me down one last time. Well, the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, you were 36 years old. Is that not crazy? Is that not crazy? <laughs> the television had just turned to black, just turned to Technicolor by then, didn't it? So they've won one now, Santa. That's right, baby. Well, the first we'll, of many. We'll be back. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the show sponsored by D1DBAT. Talk about them every day. We love them. It's a great place to take your kids right now for baseball training. they got cages. They've got instructors. they got pitching machines. Uh, they can fine-tune any baseball player, which is now less than a month away college baseball season. D1, uh, they train adults of uh, – Every sport, uh, whether you like tennis, whether you like golf, uh, whatever you enjoy, they can help you get in great shape, be at your best in your sport, and uh, we thank them for their support of the show. D1, D-Bat, Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. All right, Luke, uh, we had uh, Coach John Stewart on the show while you were gone, and, uh, man, he was upbeat about the defending uh, indoor champion women's team, and they opened competition this week in Birmingham. How did they do? 
Yeah, Golden Eagles track men and women uh, at the Blazer Invite uh, this past weekend. Uh, first off, on the men's side, junior uh, Dylan Evans out of McKinney, Texas, he set a school record and his own personal record, uh, ran the 600 meter in a minute 22, uh, or uh, one minute 22 seconds. Um, they, you know, it, it was a, you expect to see a little more um, platform. Uh, more people to win, I should say. You know, but on, on the podiums, uh, on the on the ladies' side, Marquisha Myers and Olivia Warnerzak, uh, one second in, in theirs. Um, Marquisha Myers got her best uh, in indoor, uh, jumped for uh, for thirty nine feet 10, 10 inches. So yeah, I mean, the men competed in about seven events. Women competed in about three more. Uh, and a lot of a lot of seventh place finishes, sixth place finishes. They did have the uh, the two se- second place finishes on the on the women's side. Um, men, I mean the the big one, uh, Corvell Todd's back with a height uh, with a, the high jump. He he did uh, finish fourth with six feet eleven inches. Uh, but yeah, the the women it seems are a little out further than than the men. They'll take a break uh, this week and then they will head to the Vanderbilt Invitational. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, that's this coming weekend. So they head out Friday and, and Saturday in Nashville for the Vanderbilt Invitational. But uh, a stretch where basically every weekend from now and, until March they're going to be somewhere. So good that you had Coach Stewart on and, and looking forward to uh, this track and field season. Can you imagine running and leaving the ground and getting your entire body 6 feet and 11 inches above the ground? I know you can't, Kelly. How about you, Luke? <laughs> Never been that high except in an airplane. <laughs> Here's something, here's something you guys might find interesting. The NCAA released uh, results from the, the, and we've talked so much about it on this program, the image and likeness deals that college athletes are landing. All right. And here's our trivia question for today. And I think you might be surprised. What sport of athletes do you think have garnered the most money in image and likeness deals? Bob? Gymnastics. Do you really think gymnastics? Mm-hmm. Is, is number one? I, I'm not surprised with number one, Kelly. I'm surprised with number two. Yeah, but but what's yeah. number one, Luke? So number one's got to be football. It I mean, is. It has to be. It is. It's college. I, it's college football. I may have heard this. I may not have. This came up in passing about a month ago. Is volleyball number two? No, it's not. But it is women's basketball. Really? Can you believe that? Well, I said gymnastics because I did read an article about some young lady in the, at LSU getting a million dollar endorsement. In gymnastics. Well, the NCAA, if you combine all of the deals on top of each other. It's just a terrible situation. Over 50% is college football. Over 50% of all the money that's coming in in the image and likeness is football. But second, at 20.1% of the money, is women's basketball. Hard to believe. Well, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, you by know, that. I just, I just think, and, uh, you know, everybody's free now to do what they want to do, and I don't begrudge anybody for making a buck. But I think we saw with a local kid here who. Who left? Who left Ole Miss? Uh, he was out shopping himself, and was, he was like, "I'm a free agent. Who's going to give me the best deal?" I don't think he's alone. I mean, I, I just think that is the new face of college athletics. Although the kids that we all transferred in in that portal, I don't think that so they weren't doing that. So I think it's probably a minority of the players making the money in football. Am I right? Yeah, when you, when you add up the, right. the numbers, there's a lot more money than there are people participating Correct. in those deals. Right. But I remember when we had Coach McNellis on last time, she was talking uh, about Malia Grayson 
hopefully she ought to get a deal. Yeah, getting an image and likeness uh, deal because of, of yeah. what a standout player and young lady she is, and local kid. Yeah, and, but the, and and I was just kind of surprised when I saw that women's basketball, which doesn't seem to be near as prominent in the South as it does in the North with the Yukons and right. and some of those schools. But good to see that businesses are looking at some of these young ladies as ambassadors for their particular goods and services. Luke, did you know that we that our men's uh, track team, as phenomenal as it's been, is not fully funded with scholarships, but we have beach volleyball? Welcome to the NCAA, Bob. <laughs> Don't know what took you so long. I learned that last week, and I was dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. Oh, when I heard that. Well, and, and Luke was going over the track results. We have more women's you know events. In track and field, because the women's why. the women's side is fully funded, right? What? Luke, it's good to have you back, brother. It's good to be back, guys. Looking forward to a good week. And uh, hey, we are uh, we're one month from baseball season. There we are, brother. You're right about that. Kyle Rome, men's basketball coach, Joy Lee McNellis. Well, she's gonna be riding high tomorrow. Uh, so we'll talk a lot of basketball tomorrow with uh, two of the coaches. So look forward to it. Look forward to talking to you folks every day, and we'll do it again tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.